Hi, my name is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C., and welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So we are now in the second Parsha in the book of Exodus in Sefer Shemot, or in Parsha by Era, which opens with a, a, a speech that God gives to Moshe. And God appears to Moshe and says, uh, I am God, like I, I am, I've appeared to the forefathers, but I haven't even made known my full name. And I had a covenant with them. Now I've heard the moaning of the Israelites and they're in bondage with the Egyptians. And so therefore, Moshe, you go and you say to the Israelite people that I am the Lord and I'm going to free you and I'll redeem you with all these signs and you will be my people. And then I'm going to bring you into the land, which I promise to your forefathers, which sounds like a pretty amazing message. But then we have an important pasuk in chapter 6, verse 9. Moshe then goes to the Israelites, tells them everything that God has just told him. And then we are told, which the Dre Prias translates as, they would not listen to Moshe, their spirits crushed by cruel bondage which actually is not necessarily a more literal translation is that they didn't listen to Moshe from a shortness of breath or a shortness of spirit and from hard work. And so what I wanted to look at today is why not? Moshe comes to them with this amazing message of redemption and he's met with rejection, or at the very least, a total inability or unwillingness to listen to him. And so my question is, what happened here? Why is it that they couldn't listen to him? And now a lot of the Mepharshim, when answering this question, they go back to the last verse in chapter four, where God says in, to Moshe, and Moshe says to the people, you know, here we are, we're going to save you. And God, and Moshe relay, and Aaron relay the whole message that God had given to Moshe. And the people, they, they believe in God, they have a moon on God, and they bow down, and they seem to be so totally on board with it. And so what has happened here this week that all of a sudden they can't listen to it at all? Now, the literal answer is, well, that was that that the first time when they did believe in the message, that was when they were just slaves. But since then, Paro has doubled their work. Now they have to get the straw themselves before they can make the bricks, which is a tremendous amount of work and backbreaking labor. And so it's the extra work that has rendered them unable to hear. And so those that's the one difference between the initial willingness to hear and then in this week's Parsha with the total unwillingness to hear the message. But I wanted to dig a bit further and dig a bit deeper into this verse from this week's Parsha and think about what is kotzer ruach, a shortness of breath or a shortness of spirit? And what is this avodah kasha? And why is it that these, that this, these two things transformed the Israelites in being unable to hear Moshe? Now, first of all, we have to look at Rashi because Rashi is interesting. He he seems to be somewhat um unique in that he translates kotzer ruach as a shortness of breath, and so he says that when someone who who's really struggling and and, and is depressed and and just you know 
feels sort of hopeless and has all this hard work, he can't breathe deeply, right? That person can't enjoy their breath. That person can't breathe fully. And that's what the Kotzer Ruach is. It's just the inability to really breathe, sort of like you're, you're, you're always on guard and you're, you're just, you're just struggling from minute to minute for your breath. And so you're kind of not really, you know, taping, taking what we talk about today is like deep breaths of relaxation. So that's Rashi. But now I wanted to look at um, really actually four different opinions, all of which view the breath not necessarily as literal breath, but really as spirit. And we're going to start from one extreme and move to the other. Now, the one extreme is the Midrash. Now, the Midrash says, what is this Kotzer Ruach? And says that this generation... They were lacking in emuna in faith. And they didn't really believe that God was going to come in and save them. And that was their kotzerach, their shortness of belief, of emuna. And what is their avodakasha, the hard work? He says, well, actually, the Midrash says that it, it's really they're, they're working hard at a vodazara, that uh, in idol worship, that they just they didn't have faith in God. They're serving idols and therefore they didn't listen to the message. Now, as I said, that's one extreme of the interpretation, which places the fault squarely on the Israelites. They are lacking their idol worshipers. They are lacking in faith. And so therefore they are not ready to hear that message. Next, we move to the Sephorno who says, well, they didn't listen to Moshe because they had a lack of faith. And because of that lack of faith, they weren't going to be able to be the generation that inherited the land of Israel. But unlike the Midrash, he doesn't really blame it on Avodah Zarah, on the fact that they're idol worshipers, that they just don't, that it's not necessarily like a blameworthy um, trait. Really, he rather, he says, yeah, well, because he suggests that, well, if they hadn't had all of this extra hard work, then maybe they would have been able to listen to Moshe. So, so the Sforno really, I think, is, is much more circumstantial. He's much more pragmatic. He's like, well, they were working really hard, and therefore they just didn't have the mental the bandwidth, as we say nowadays, to, to have the faith in Moshe that they needed to imagine that like this actually was really going to happen. And as a result, they didn't make it into the land of Israel. It's sort of a, an is what it it is a type of approach. So not necessarily as agreed as 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 is condemnatory as the Midrash, but also not really so praiseworthy of the Israelites either. Then we move to Rabbeinu Bechaye, who really says that it was the opposite. He says it wasn't a matter of faith. The Israelites had faith in God and they had faith in Moshe. But the hard work and the kotzer ruach, the shortness of breath and spirit, meant that the Israelites were like someone who is in so much pain that they wish to die because they just cannot stand their lives. They were so consumed by their hard labor and by the the grueling day-to-day experience that they couldn't really step outside of that present reality and imagine a better future. So it was not a matter of faith. It wasn't an issue of faith. It's just that the present pain and struggle was too much to bear and really just completely impeded and destroyed their ability to think beyond um, into the future. And I like this approach because it really makes you wonder about the communication between 
God slash Moshe and the Israelites, thinking of them just as two, those two separate parties. Now, according to the Midrash, God and Moshe are completely in the right and the Israelites are in the wrong. God and Moshe have the right message, but the Israelites, they don't have faith in their idol worshipers and it's just, it's their fault. Now, for the Sforno, like we said, it's more circumstantial. It's just that, you know, the message was right. And ideally, the people would have been receptive to the message, but they, the work was too much to bear and they just weren't prepared for it. But now with Rabbeinu Bechaye, we start to sense that the tables are turned. He's not going to condemn the, the Israelites. In fact, he says that they had faith, but really that the work was too much to bear. And so it makes you start to wonder... If actually we can move past the Midrash's construct of God and Moshe in the right and the Israelites in the wrong, to maybe think that, well, the Israelites were in the circumstances that they were in and kind of doing the best that they could. They weren't flawed. The flaw was the circumstances around them. And then you wonder, well, then maybe the issue is then in the message, or at least in the way that the message is being communicated. And that brings us to the final um, parish that I wanted to look at tonight, and that is that of the Or HaChaim. Now, the Or HaChaim, in his commentary on this pasuk, um, says something um, very, very interesting. Now, I w- working off the original, and then also the translation that's readily available online, which is, is which is by Eliyahu Monk, and it's not necessarily word for word, but he's trying to capture the spirit of of what the text says. And so, just mentioning that in case you have it for reference, if you want to be looking. So he says that. The reason that the Israelites struggled was with this Kotzer Ruach isn't really, it's not just the hard work, it's that their spirits were essentially crushed. And what created that crushing of the spirits? Well, he says, remember back to the end of chapter 4, which we discussed in the beginning, Moshe had already come to the Israelites once and said, hey, you are going to be freed, you're going to be redeemed, like you're going to get out of slavery. And they were totally on board. But then what happened? Well, that dream didn't happen. That promise of redemption didn't happen. In fact, the opposite happened. The work got harder. That, that, that promise of redemption and that the taste of freedom got farther and farther away from them. And that, he says, it just decimated their spirit. And that is what led to them having this Kotzer Ruach Right, independent of the actual work itself, their spirits were destroyed. Their ability to believe in a future redemption was destroyed, at least temporarily destroyed. And they just couldn't hear that message. And then he throws in one very, very interesting line that I, I tried to research this for whatever reason doesn't make it into the English translation. And he essentially says that anyone who understands the makeup of human nature, arguably what we would call psychology today, will understand this idea. And he's right, right? We can understand. You think you're finally getting free and someone says, hey, I'm going to get you out of here. And then you don't get out of there. And not only that, it gets harder. The, the enslavement gets harder. The work gets harder. Of course, your spirit's going to be crushed. So yes, he's right. Anyone who understands human psychology will understand that message. But, and I don't think he intended to really have his words be understood in this way, but I do think they sh- they can be understood in this way. Isn't that an implicit critique of Moshe and Aharon and God in all of this? And saying, well, of course human nature 
is that you're just going to, your spirits will be crushed. You will have no hope for the future if you're promised redemption and then things actually get worse and, and redemption gets farther and farther away. Shouldn't they have known that? And then maybe we can imagine that this isn't necessarily a comment on the Israelites and their lack of faith and then their own um, shortcomings, but really perhaps that, that Moshe mis- just didn't understand the people, which would make sense. He's not one of them. And it, it, it's in this sense, it's a failure of leadership, not a failure of the followers um, in communicating this message as the Orachim essentially articulates. And this is, I, I think this is a really important thing to remember because we've now, we finished Brashit, we finished all these wonderful stories about our Avot, and now we're beginning the rest of the Torah, the Exodus, the journey in the wilderness, and uh, essentially ending in the wilderness. And it's very painful, full of tensions and arguments and insults between Moshe and the Israelites. And I think that looking at this exercise today, at the wide range of approaches you can see as to who really was should have known better in this failed communication in this week's Parsha, it it forces us to remember that there are going to be times throughout this rest of this narrative where the Israelites are at fault, but there are also going to be times when the leadership is at fault. And that's not to say that we should be sitting here and pointing, you know, the blame game, playing the blame game um, and pointing fingers for the rest of of the narrative. But I think that our experience of it really becomes enriched when we're, when we remember that, that all communication is a two week, is a two way street. And it's upon all of us to be good listeners, but also for all of us to be good communicators. And sometimes you can have the right message, but if you have the right message and, but you haven't taken care to think of how the people you you're trying to communicate with will hear you, your message may fall flat or even worse, create more psychological damage. Shabbat Shalom.